This is why people stay in prisons that they will not leave. This is why people stay in fear prisons. This is why people stay in um, anxiety prisons, in anger prisons, because they just can't see moving past the obstacles that are in front of them in order to get to freedom. But let me tell you something. The process is worth it. I've lived it myself. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. It's your girl. How are you guys doing out there today? I am Autumn Miles and I am ready for a good time right here on this podcast today. Guys, we are going to have, I believe, just a word in season for somebody today. I know, and this is why I know that, because it was a word in season for me. We're going to talk about the prison you will not leave today. Yeah, you don't want to leave it. I don't know. For some reason, this thing that you're in, you're the, leaving it is harder than, than just sitting there. And we're going to talk about how the Lord wants to release you from whatever that is after the break. Welcome, welcome, welcome welcome. Okay. What's happening in my life? You guys, the Lord heals. That's all I have to say. The Lord heals. He is a great healer. So my baby daughter Haven on Sunday, she came up to me and she said, mommy, my throat is very scratchy. And I thought, okay, well, this is like, like allergy. She had been outside all day and where we live there is, there's a lot, everyone has allergies where we live. Like, it's like, you know, you go outside, you come in, like, it's, it sounds really horrible, but we just kind of deal with it because we love where we live. And she's like, mommy, my throat is really scratchy. And I said, I'm so sorry, baby. So, you know, you give them some Zyrtec and you're, you know, you give them a little juice and they're fine. Right. Well, she started to digress a little during the day, you know, when they kind of come in and they start laying on you. And then, you know, they're maybe a little fussy when they don't feel well, whatever. And I'm thinking she doesn't feel well. Like there, like there is like, she doesn't feel well. Okay. That night I always check on my children. My children are like, mom, this is so weird because I pray over them when I'm, when I'm ready to go to sleep. I'll pray over them and just, you know, ask the Lord to bless their sleep or whatever, just about every night. But when they're sick, you guys, when they don't feel well, I just don't sleep. I, it's, I, I think it's a mom thing. My husband sleeps like a baby. <laughs> so it's not a dad thing, at least not uh, anything. Okay. He sleeps like a baby snoring the whole thing. Well, I can't sleep because I'm like, what if, and we've had a lot of scares with Jude because he is asthmatic as a lot of you guys know, and I've written in my books and the whole thing. So he's got, there's like a process that we do to make sure that he is taken care of. And I don't know, I just can't sleep when my kids aren't comfortable. And everyone that knows me knows I'm obsessed with all of them. And I knew that Haven going to bed did not feel great. Okay. I go in her room and she's burning up. Like she's, I know she's got a temperature. And is it funny that I like don't trust thermometers? (laughs) I just don't trust them. I don't know why. Like, I think they're a good guide, but I'm like, is this 
$10 thermometer from Walgreens. Like, is it actually true? Like, I don't know if it is. So I've been a mom for a long time and I can kind of tell if they have a high or low temperature just by touch, like feeling their head, their forehead. And any mom is out there that's been moms a long time. Like you just kind of know, right? Like, you know what just being hot is from just being outside and playing. And then, you know, like fever hot, it's a different kind of hot. So she's fast asleep, praise the Lord, and she's warm. And so, you know, I give her like, you know, some medicine or whatever and pray over her at that minute. And she, she's, she's like perfectly happy to wake up and take the medicine. Like she's not whatever. So I leave her, go back to bed. And then two hours later, I'm up again, checking on her because that's what I do. Walk in and she is super, I could just tell that her fever had not broken yet. And like at this point, I am, you know, I just hate it when they're sick. I just hate, 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 hate it. And so I sit over her bed and I am, I'm just, I just sit and pray over her. And I sit and a lot of times I'll sing, I'll sing hymns over them, pray over them, quote scripture over them, like whatever comes to my mind and ask the spirit to heal them. And so I did that. I would say I was in there for a long time, just sitting in there asking the Lord to just touch her tiny little body and heal her and, you know, the whole thing. And it's about four o'clock in the morning. I'm headed. I, I go back to bed because I'm like, Lord, this is in your hands. You you have the power to heal, whatever. Go lay in my bed and to try to go to sleep. And I, you guys, the Lord heals. <laughs> the Lord heals is all I have to say. I'm like crying out to the Lord over my child and not even kidding. 15 minutes later, my child that I was just praying over comes, knocks me on the head, like the forehead, like taps me, you know, and I had fallen asleep really fast because I was tired. And she said, mommy, this 4.15 in the morning, you guys, four, not, I'm like, I'm not even kidding. 4.15 in the morning, mommy mommy. And I'm like, Oh, what is happening? She said, my tooth is loose. Can you please pull my tooth? And I said, what are you doing? (laughs) Go back to bed. No, I'm not pulling your tooth. So she goes back to bed and I did feel her head, you guys, as she was standing right by mine. And it was cool as a cucumber. So the Lord heals, the Lord heals. She goes back to bed about 15 minutes later at 4.30. She comes back to my bedside and she says, I pulled it myself. (laughs) I was like, awesome. Okay. The Lord heals like really well and really fast in some circumstances. I say, okay, great. You know, put it under the pillow for the tooth fairy or whatever. The tooth fairy ain't coming tonight because you were like past the 24 hour window of putting in your request from the tooth fairy. So not coming tonight, but maybe tomorrow night. She goes to sleep or she wakes up. I'm in a meeting and all of a sudden this child that I prayed over for a long time in the middle of the night, of course, we keep her home from school. I see her from the corner of my eye. She is rollerblading in our home. middle of a meeting that I'm trying to have for work. And, you know, I had to say, take off the rollerblades. Remember, we don't feel well. She's like, oh yeah, mommy. 
And so, you know, she ended up watching, I don't know, Bluey or something for the whole day and had herself a great time. But I just have to tell you, that's what's going on in my life. And the Lord heals, you guys. The Lord does heal. And in this case, very quick and very fast and very immediate. So anyway, that's what's happening in my life, in my world. I'm so happy that I get to share my little stories with you guys. Catch me after the break. It's going to be awesome. I don't want you to miss it. I'll see you in a sec. Hey guys, it's Autumn and I want to know family, what is God doing in your life? If you have a recent praise report about God's faithfulness, we all want to know about it. I want to know, my team wants to know, and your brothers and sisters in Christ that listen to this show want to know. You can share your story by emailing hello at autumnmiles.com or you can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram by searching autumnmiles at the top of the page. I want to hear about it, guys. Let's tell the world what God is doing in your life so we all can be encouraged by your journey of faith. Okie doke. Here we are. We are back, you guys. Lisa, who is our director for the podcast, just told me that when she was in school, she used to try to fake being sick with a hairdryer on her head and it never worked. So I'm just telling you, don't tell your kids that because they might try that. (laughs) But we all have our stories, right? We all have our stories and I love that. Okay. So we are moving in to probably like one of my favorite messages that I've done in a while. I really love this because of course, because the Lord gave it to me, but also I just feel like it's so practical. Don't you love those words that are like, Give me something I can take and I can run with. I just feel like this passage of scripture shows us precisely what is happening when we choose not to be released from a prison. Now, for what for those of you that didn't catch the last two podcasts, I would encourage you to go and to refresh yourself on the last two podcasts. I know it's summer. I know some of you guys are like on vacation and you're like, you know, laying by the beach or whatever. So I want you guys to just catch up if you can, because I think the last two weeks will really encourage you as well as we talked about Joseph and the prison of being hidden. That's a message that God gave me really, I believe, straight from his heart. And this is also a phrase that the Lord spoke to me as well. And a lot of times these messages are built on phrases that the Holy Spirit will speak to me and then it convicts me, like like it convicts me to death. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to share this. The phrase that God told me is this, there are prisons that people are living in that they are refusing to leave. Now, like I've shared before on the podcast and just in the 20 years of ministry that I've done, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, he answers, and and, uh, this is how you, one of the ways I know it's the Holy Spirit, he answers a lot of subsequent questions. So it's a phrase, yes, when he says there are a lot of prisons that people are living in that they won't leave. But I also knew when he spoke to me what prisons he was talking about, right? We're, do, we're in this study called Released, and when he gave me this phrase, there are prisons that people will not leave, a couple of major things came up. One, anger. 
I feel like there are definitely some listeners out there. And you know, the great thing about being a podcast is I can't see you and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. So you know, if it's you and you can, you can deal with it with the Lord or whatever. Anger was a big one that came up as I was processing through this phrase. Fear is a big one that came up as I was processing through this phrase. Addiction, what and wherever that leads you. I think relationships is another one that came up. I think there's relationships, whether it be girlfriend, boyfriend, small group, whatever it is that you just need to leave that relationship. And you know what it is. You know if it's not healthy. So you can define it for yourself. This is not just, you know, fear and anxiety and stuff like that. Some systems, I have talked so much about systems lately, like, because I feel like God has really created a new system in me. Um, But there are some systems that are a prison that you need to leave. Some of you guys need to work better. Some of you need to work smarter. Some of you guys, in order to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish, you need to redirect how you spend your day. You need to redirect how you speak. You need to refresh your time with the Lord. So there are systems that need to be challenged as well that we stay in, you guys. We stay in because it's what what we have always done. Systems and prisons and emotions and pasts that we will not move on from and get healthy from will keep us from being released from them, okay? I know for a fact, several years ago, there were some systems I was really like, I was one of these people that I felt like I could do every uh, everything. And my mentality, I don't think I would ever tell anybody this, but it was, if I do it, I could do it better. That's literally what I thought. So then I filled my plate with all of these ridiculous things that seven other people could have done. And I found myself exhausted because I just wouldn't change my system. And it was a prison that was holding me back. With all of those little things on my plate that somebody else could do, I was stagnating my own growth. And when we just live with these systems because it's a thought that we have, like, wow, I I feel like I could do it better, or I feel like I could do it faster, or I feel like I could do whatever, even if that's true, it still can stagnate you from everything that God is pushing you into. So this is to those that have something that they know they need to change. They know they need to, the emotion they need to move past, a hurt they need to move past, a past they need to move past, but you just feel as if you can't do it. Okay. Um, This is from, and I'm going to take it from my text and we're going to really talk all about Peter today because I love Peter and he's another one of my best friends uh, over here in Acts. I like him in Acts. In the gospels, I'm kind of like, I don't know, we could be acquaintances, but in Acts, like we're like blood in, like we're like, you know, we're, we're, we're siblings in Acts, right? I like Acts Peter a lot. Okay. So Acts, Acts 12, excuse me. 
says this, and I'm going to read this passage, and then we're going to go back about Peter being in prison. Now about that time, Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them, okay? And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. So James has passed away at this point. When he saw that it pleased the Jews, to proceed, he proceeded to arrest Peter. Now, it was during the days of unleavened bread. When he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church of God. On that very night when Herod was about to bring him forward after Passover, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared and a light shone in the ceiling and struck Peter's side and woke him up saying, get up quickly. And his chains fell off of his hands. And the angel said to him, gird yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow. He did not know if what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened for them by itself. And they went out and went along one street and immediately the angel departed. When Peter came to himself, he said, now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from that all that the Jewish people were expecting. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was also called Mark, where many people were gathered together and were praying. Okay. I'm going to stop the story right there because as I did in the last couple of weeks, I want to focus on this particular time that Peter was in prison. Cool stuff happened after that, but we're focusing on the actual prison time. Okay. So one of the things I need as we are talking about the prison, you will never leave or you haven't left yet or you won't leave. I see right here something very interesting. Now about the time Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them, skipping down a little bit. He got Peter, verse five. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church of God. If you go up to verse four, it says, when they had seized him, Peter, they put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. So he was kept in prison. One of the things that is so interesting about what happened right here, and let me just break this down for you, because I think this is amazing. This is the same Herod the same dude that Jesus went before to be tried for the different sins that he was accused of. And Herod was like, I don't want nothing to do with this guy and sent him back to Pilate. Okay. Same guy. All right. So let me break this down for you. When Jesus went to Pilate, and he was crucified, and then they went to bury Jesus in Arimathea's tomb. 
the Pharisees went before Pilate and said, okay, they've said he's going to resurrect from the dead. We heard him do that. And I just preached on this not long ago. We want to secure the tomb. And Pilate then approved two soldiers and a seal. So they sealed the tomb and they put two soldiers there. Pilate thinking that was going to literally stop the resurrection or the Pharisees thought it was going to stop the resurrection or something like that. Okay. Herod no doubt knew that on that Sunday, boom, Jesus resurrected from the dead. The, the soldiers were saw everything that happened and the soldiers didn't do nothing, nothing to secure this tomb. So this is probably what's stirring in the back of Herod's mind when they take Peter for sport, basically, and throw him in prison because it thrills the Jews hard, which is what the text said, not me. Okay. So he throws him in prison, knowing what happened to Jesus. He also knows that Peter rolls with Jesus. Like Peter's a dude who walked on the water. Peter's the dude whose mother-in-law was healed with the fever instantly, much like my daughter Haven was healed from the fever instantly. <laughs> Peter's the guy who was like, you know, with Jesus. He is said to be with Jesus. That he's been seen with Jesus. He was actually in on the transfiguration with, with Jesus, involved in all of that. So Herod knew how important Peter was. Also, he did miracles himself. He saw miracles. And he definitely knew that Jesus resurrected from the dead. And he probably definitely knew that he saw Jesus. It was probably reported to them that Peter engaged with Jesus before he ascended. Okay. Now that is a lot to unpack, but I think it's important because when Peter is taken, there is assigned to him, verse four, four squads of soldiers to guard him. Now, four squads. This is the maximum. And I know this from my study. I studied it for you. You're welcome. If you want to study it for yourself, be my guest. You'll find the same thing I did. When you assign someone in that day, four squads of soldiers, it was the maximum security that you would assign anyone. Okay. Anyone. So four squads of soldiers means this. There's four, one, two, three, four sets of four soldiers. So there are 16 soldiers, which is a lot in biblical times that is assigned to Peter alone. Why? Because of everything I just said. Herod knew the power that was working for Peter. Herod knew the power that was possible at any second based on the power of God that was working in and through him. So he gave him the maximum amount of security. I think that's really important. So here Peter is as, let me, let me read on down again. On the very night when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, verse six. Now I also know in my study that he was between two soldiers sleeping, but he also was probably chained to those two soldiers. Okay. They were not taking any chances getting him out. So he is in a maximum security situation for biblical times. Without divine intervention, Peter will not be set free, period. 
16 guards assigned to you, you're not going anywhere, dude. Like you're like, you're just not. Okay. So they, Herod wanted to cover all of his bases because he probably didn't want to look stupid again, because, you know, Jesus was really under his ju- uh, jurisdiction and resurrected. Okay. And I'm, I'm thinking about this when it comes to the prisons, we won't leave. Okay. The enemy, you know, if you are involved in an addiction or anxiety, it starts off at a, as a thought. And then the more airtime you give to it, you add guard after guard after guard after guard after guard, and you end up kind of guarding yourself in to a way of thinking, which is fearful or anxiety. Okay. You kind of protect or secure this bad system or bad thought or bad emotional whatever for yourself. And eventually, if you're not careful and you're not continually weeding it out and thinking on good things like the scripture says and um, casting all your cares and you will find yourself in a prison, you don't think you can leave. And I'm here to tell you, I believe the Lord wants to release you and lead you out from that thing that has been a pain for so long. Years ago, I struggled with anxiety horribly. I I did not see a way out. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. Like I I don't, I mean, I was a Christian. I was a believer. It was like the whole thing, but I just did not see a way out. How do you retrain? How do you rework your mind to think healthily? Like it's just really hard for me to do. And one day I started giving it to the Lord and guys, even in the, over the years that God has brought me freedom, it doesn't mean that you are not still vigilant about your own weaknesses. I've read books, I've done studies, I've done the whole thing in order to keep released. Right. Um, but I remember the Lord saying, you need to deal with this. You need to deal with this. And I did a lot of different things that I needed to do to kind of change the way I thought my system was wrong in the way I was thinking. It took about two years, two years. That's not short, two years. But in those two years, I remember removing guard after guard. I remember removing the shackles from my arms. I remember walking forward. I remember all of these things because when I did the work, I was able to move out of that prison that I wouldn't leave myself. Okay. That's where I feel like a lot of you guys are. I feel like there's a lot of guards, but it does not mean that Jesus cannot set you free. Let's move on. And behold, an angel verse seven of the Lord suddenly appeared and the light shone in the cell and he struck Peter's side and woke him up saying, get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands and the angel said to him, gird yourself, put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap yourself in a cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continue following him. And he did not know what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When he passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city and it opened for them. And they went out along one street and immediately the angel departed from him. Listen, right now, there is a God right now, just like Peter, that is standing there 
He might have just showed up. I don't know what it is. And this is what he's saying to you. Wake up. Wake up. Peter was sleeping between these two guards. He was, I don't know how you can sleep in the circumstances that he knew was awaiting him like the next morning, but he was asleep. It must have been the peace of God. But the first thing that the angel said to him was, Peter side woke, woke him up saying, get up quickly. And his chains fell off. I believe that is a word for you. I believe the Lord is saying you have stayed in this prison and it is time for you to wake up. Now, he didn't just say wake up just to have a conversation, have some little morning muffins, a little Starbucks, a little, you know, you know, chai or something like that. He said wake up because he was about to lead him out into a place where he was to be released. But the Lord had to wake him up so that he could be aware of the prison, aware of what was happening, and he could follow directly after him. After he was woken up, there were several obstacles that the angel walked him through. He was sitting between two guards. Wake up, get up quickly. That's what the angel said. Then the shackles came off of his hands. Then let's read it so I don't get it wrong. The angel said to him, gird yourself and put on your sandals. That's the first thing he had to do. Shackles off, get up. He's awake, his shackles are off. Okay, now what? The first thing the angel said to do was gird yourself, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. This reminded me of the armor of God in in Ephesians 6. It probably cross-references to it. It might not, I don't know, but it still reminds me of it. It seems like something would cross-reference over there. Um, But Ephesians 6 talks about putting on the full armor of God so that you can protect yourself against the wiles and the tricks of the enemy, okay? The helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the feet, the shoes, the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, putting on the shield of faith, wake up, follow me. But first you need to put on your clothes before you can move forward. And I think those, those prisons that we find ourselves in, we feel very vulnerable, very, um, already defeated. Just like I felt with my anxiety. How am I going to get through this? How am I going to move forward? That's exactly what I had to do. Exactly what the angel is telling Peter to do is exactly what I had to do. I had to, for the first time, even though I was a believer in this section of my life, I had to pick up the shield of faith and I had to say, I don't see how you are going to free me from this, but I'm walking forward with the shield of faith so that it can extinguish any of the darts of the enemy. Okay. The angel first told him to do that. And I believe that's exactly what you have to do as you are moving forward from this bad way of thinking or addiction or whatever it is. You got to immerse yourself in the armor of God to protect you from it. Okay. That was really good. I really love that. Okay. Then he went out and continued to follow. So after he's got his clothes on, his shoes on, apparently is like, you know, Nikes are right there. Put your shoes on. Let's get out of here. Okay. What does he do? He follows strategically and closely behind the angel. 
He continued to follow him and did not know, verse 9, what was being done by the angel was real. He thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to an iron gate that leads to the city, which opened for them by itself. Before they could leave the prison, they had to push past obstacles. The first guard, the second guard, and then they had to go past, uh, they had to get through the door of whatever cell he was in. And then, of course, they had to push past the iron gate of the city, which mm, opened for him by itself. Now, I'm sure an hour ago, while Peter was dozing, dreaming of whatever he was dreaming about, maybe it was heaven, he had no idea that this was happening or that this was possible. But as he was being led strategically by the angel of the Lord, he passed through multiple obstacles. First of all, he was asleep. Second of all, his shackles. Then he had no clothes on. So time was lapsing this whole time where any of the soldiers could have come and got him. Then he had to get through the gates. Then he had to get past the soldiers. Then he had to get through out of the city past the iron gate. All of these obstacles were awaiting him as he was walking out of prison. And let me tell you this right now. This is why people stay in prisons that they will not leave. This is why people stay in fear prisons. This is why people stay in um, anxiety prisons, in anger prisons, because they just can't see moving past the obstacles that are in front of them in order to get to freedom. But let me tell you something, the process is worth it. I've lived it myself. Some of you guys are staying in a marriage that seems like a prison right now. I mean, is that too real? Is that too real for you guys? I've been married 18 years. I understand highs and lows, good days and bads. You know, anyone that that doesn't, they have, they've been married for about three, three weeks or um, they're really naive. I understand that. And what you're seeing right now in your marriage is like you are being shackled to these guards and you literally cannot leave. And you don't see a way out and you don't see a path to freedom. And you don't see a path to a good marriage. And all you want is to be loved and all you want is to be whatever, whatever. I'm telling you, there is a path that will lead you out of that prison of health. I'm not even, I'm not talking about divorce. I'm talking about health in your marriage. There is a path, but the path requires work on your end and on your spouse's end. There is a way, wake up, follow directly after the spirit of God and let him lead you into a place of being released from a mentality that, oh my goodness, my marriage is horrible and it's never going to get better. Some of these prisons, there is an angel. The shackles are off. He's looking at you dead in the eyes. And he's saying to, to you, come on. That anger, isn't that anger? Aren't you over it? That past, aren't you tired of bringing up that past so many times and, and just, are you, are you, aren't you tired? That jealousy, that unforgiveness. I had to counsel someone yesterday. You know, sometimes people do not respond the way that you want them to respond. 
you can't make people apologize. You cannot make people do anything. You can say, I'm hurt, and then you got to leave it up to Jesus. That offense, that was never, there was no conclusion to, there was no restitution to. I feel like there's an angel saying, aren't you tired of thinking about that? It's a prison he won't leave because I'm right here, ready to lead you forward. Are you ready to leave? The angel busted through all of these different barriers for Peter. Stocks, we've talked about them all. You know what could have held him in that prison? Him refusing to follow the angel out. He could have been the barrier that kept him in the prison because the Lord was looking at him going, I'm right here. Follow me out quickly. Let's go. I'm going to lead you on. So I'm asking you guys today in this, I really love this. This is so convicting. Oh my goodness. I'm thinking, Lord, what prisons do I need to leave? I want you guys to just evaluate, you know, your own thoughts, your own you know you, you know you, you know what the, the Lord is telling you, evaluate it. Because some of these systems that we are just incarcerate our own selves in, some of these mindsets, um, there is freedom, but there is a way to get out. And we must follow the Lord close and quickly and obediently in order to be released, just like Peter. Wasn't that good? I feel like that was so good. Okay, that's it for me today. Um, well, not totally it. I've got a question and a story from one of you guys. But I want you guys to really think about this. And I will see you after the break with a question and story of what's happening in your life. I'll see you in a sec. Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the Word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she's passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Okay, guys, we are back. I hope you enjoyed that. This is a question from one of you guys. I do love this question. I actually did this message a few weeks ago, and this is a question that came from the live that I did. It says this, super practical question, but can you briefly explain the armor of God that you mentioned there? And you guys, I just want to apologize because sometimes I say this stuff. And I realize that not everybody knows what I'm talking about, or maybe they're not aware of what's happening. I am going to read it 
to you. I'm not going to say your name, but hopefully you're listening along today. Ephesians 6 gives us the entire armor of God that I'm talking about. I was referring to Paul wrote Ephesians, but this is what it says. Finally, brothers, be strong in the Lord, Ephesians 610 and in the strength or power of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. This is what it is, verse 13. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand. Stand firm, therefore, having girded yourself with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. That is what I'm talking about. When I talk about the armor of God, it is in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. I encourage you guys, if you've never heard that reference or you don't know anything about the armor of God, I did a study on it. It's actually when I was first in ministry and absolutely loved it. So I encourage you to go and to research that if you do not know what I'm talking about. It's Ephesians 6, 10. Thank you for that question. I love those. I love it when we catch those and we're able to answer them. Okay. This is what God is doing in your life. Uh, This person says, anonymous, anonymous says, I cannot say enough about how much your posts of encouragement mean to me. They've gotten me through many dark days. I'm still waiting for the Lord. I feel weary, but hanging on by a thread. Thank you for your words and that keep me going and directly to the promises. I feel like that's just an encouragement (laughs) to our team. It's not really what God's doing in her life, but I do love that God is sustaining her through the different things that we put out as a ministry. There's also a little note in here that talks about the 16 soldiers from what I just talked about, that Peter was being restrained by four sets of four soldiers, which would be 16. And she says uh, that that really meant a lot for her and her life was flipped around uh, 16 years ago. And so because of that word, she's really asking the Lord, what are you going to do in my life? And, And she's trusting the Lord. So God, God is definitely at work. He's growing us. He's challenging us. He's he's training us. And I just love to be a part of this team. And I love to be a part of the fruit that God is doing in all of us, my life included. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me pray us out. I can't wait to see you guys next week already, but let me pray us out. Lord, I just love you today. And I thank you for your truth. I thank you for the practicality of who you are. You're not some God that's like up in heaven that doesn't want to come down into the prison we are in and literally lead us out. And I thank you for that. God, you like to get your hands messy up in our lives and you like to show us the way of being released. And Lord, we just, we love you. We treasure that side of you. We treasure who you are. And Lord, I just pray for that person that this resonated with today. I pray for that person that has been angry, that's frustrated, that it's in a marriage, that they feel like it's a prison. They feel like there's no way out. 
God, I pray for that season that that person is in and they feel like it is forever and they feel like they're chained in this prison of a bad season that they're in. And Lord, we just, we ask for you to lead them, to release them, Lord, as they follow you. I thank you for that person that's listening today that made all kinds of mistakes, Lord, and they kind of put themselves in this prison that they are living right now. And Lord, I just ask you again, to lead them out. God, we thank you for your leadership in our lives. We thank you that you are our savior, our rescuer, and um, we trust you with our lives. Thank you for the work that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see y'all next week. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to The Autumn Miles Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.